1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The plan to host both League Cup semis at Hamden could be scrapped, with Hearts and Celtic possibly moving to Murrayfield. Kieran Tierney and James Tavernier assess their side's early season form, and St Mirren add another new face with the signing of winger Adam Hamill. Two very old faces in the studio with me this evening, Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna. Well, I can confirm the old faces are starting the show in the Clyde studio as normal. Whether Neil Doncaster tries to move us to Murrayfield before 8 o'clock Is your guess Gordon Gordon Deal. Yes um, I, I, I think for a lot of uh, people Gordon it's good news um, uh, There have been a You know a lot of people against it um, For football reasons I think it should be in the same day And if they can move it to a different venue mm. Then all the better And um, I hope that's what's going to happen I I just wonder Gordon Whether there's one more chapter in this Rather bizarre cup semi-final story Because while talks I understand have begun With Scottish rugby over the availability of Murrayfield I would expect The good people of Murrayfield to be playing hardball With the SPFL because They will feel they've not had an even deal From Scottish football Over the last few weeks And they now know they have Neil Doncaster over a barrel So I just wonder If there's another twist to come in this deal Now in the second hour of tonight's show We'll be joined live in the studio By Livingston manager Gary Holt It's been quite a, a job he's done In uh, the last couple of weeks So we'll be joined by him in the studio If you have any points or questions You'd like to put across Please feel free to do so The number you need 0141 To have your say On Twitter we are at Clyde SSB There really is only one place to start The guys gave you a bit of a flavour of it um, The much maligned plan to host both League Cup semis at Hamden on October the 28th Could now be scrapped So today SPFL Chief Executive Neil Doncaster Issued a statement saying that after the draw We spoke to Hamden Park Limited To ask whether they would release us from a contractual obligation To host all semi-finals involving the old firm at Hamden They declined their request And they were unwilling to breach this contract However... He goes on to say that essentially that has changed That the position has been reconsidered In his words He says it's extremely welcome news They've contacted Police Scotland Informed them of the development And they're now opening talks to explore Whether the match could be staged At an alternative venue I.e. Murrayfield uh, In the timescales available Roger In many ways As much as a lot of people disagreed With the initial decision This is still every bit as is surprising to yeah, some. Listening, you know, any, any type of come down or, or, or U turn or whatever you want to call it, it yeah. always seems surprising. It, it all goes back to that one page manual that they use on the sixth floor at Hamden Gordon. They open it up and the first page, the only page says, We make this up as we go along. And, and that's how Scottish football tends to feel. And this is, th- this story is perfect for Scottish football. We often say in the show, the football itself might not be great. But the stories are the best in the world That is for sure And this is another example of it Half the things Neil Doncaster said last week Have proven to be incorrect This is a contract we can't get out of Well they're out of it The police say they can deal with the situation Well Bernard Higgins and Police Scotland Are today echoing what the Police Federation The Union of the Rank and File said yesterday That they can't handle it And they want a change And they welcome change Neil Doncaster says today I mean, we were all agreed this wasn't this wasn't the best decision. Last week he said mm. it was the best decision for all four teams. 
And within 40 minutes Two of the four teams Were shouting from the rooftops That they were dead against it So It sounds As if they're making it up As they go along And you just wonder How long this SPFL hierarchy Can go on Making it up as they go along Still work to be done of course Roger But the The thought at the moment is that Aberdeen against Rangers stays at Hamden the lunchtime kickoff, um, and that Hearts against Celtic would go to Murrayfield perhaps with a, a late afternoon well, so, kickoff. Gordon, someone said to me earlier on something along those lines, and maybe for argument's sake, one thirty and four o'clock kickoffs the way they do with the Super Sunday games down south, um, that might be correct. But I think we're a long way from that just mm-hmm. now because there is no agreement in place with Murrayfield, and if you were Dominic Mackay and the good people of Scottish rugby. Why would you roll over and have your tummy tickled by the SPFL After the way Scottish football has treated you um, They didn't get the National Stadium from the SFA And then last week when I'm led to believe They believed they were going to get one of these semi-finals It very quickly became apparent to them that they weren't getting it after all So if you were Scottish rugby What's in it for you mm. 10 days before the first of Scotland's Autumn Internationals at Murrayfield by the way What's in it for mm. you to throw open the welcome door to the SPFL Just before we take some calls on this And the, the phone lines are lighting up by the way As you would expect The the, the statement today from Neil Doncaster Roger where he says that uh, you know We spoke to Hamden Park Limited Asked if they would release us from the contract Essentially they said no um, But you know they've now reconsidered Is, is it too strong to, to say that A reading of that might be that Neil Doncaster is, is blaming Hamden Park Limited? Well, I don't think there's any blame can be attached to Hamden Park Limited no, at all. No, is, that, is that what Neil Doncaster the, is saying? The key word in there is limited. They're a company. They're there to, to make money through the management of Hamden Park. I believe they have a contract there whereby if Celtic and or Rangers are involved in a semi-final, the game has to be staged there. So Hamden weren't doing anything wrong. At all yeah, that's what I, I'm not saying I, I'm asking about the wording Of Neil Doncaster's statement no. Does it seem that he's That he's blaming Hamden Park I think he's trying to divert Any responsibility or blame Away from the SPFL That's sort of what I was getting at yeah. So whether that blame is trying to, Whether they're trying to Push the blame towards Hamden Or the police Or any of the other stakeholders In this competition In this debacle Over the semi-finals Gordon I'm, I'm unsure But I, I certainly wouldn't point any blame At the people of Hamden Park And the, the main issue really Gordon is, is we were prepared to station you at Hamden For 10 hours on October the 28th And, and we're now going to have to reconsider So that's I mean it's, it's just a nightmare for us Let's be honest Yeah I can leave Hamden Jump in a bus And get to Murrayfield okay, very yep, quickly sure. So that's not a problem But you hear that Roger? Uh, you've got, that. You've, I know what Roger's saying about Neil Donkey and I think Stephen Naismith made a great point in the, the, the press the other day and said, look, the bigger man puts his hands up and said, we've made a mistake. And obviously they have. But the problem at the beginning, Gordon, was they didn't know if they would get out the contract. So they had to put plans in place. And I thought the plans are put in place football-wise. Now, I can't tell what like it's going to be outside a football ground, but football-wise, I thought it was a fair way to do it. But now they've got the option that they can go to Murrayfield, mm. then it makes so much sense. I, I, I used a word in the show on Saturday, does, and the word was unnecessary. The whole thing has been unnecessary. Became apparent a week past on Sunday night after the draw was made for the semi-finals that there was going to be a problem that needed to be resolved. Now, twenty-four hours later, the SPFL rushed out this announcement about the two games at Hamden in the same day. It was wholly unnecessary for them. To, to rush out that announcement Why didn't they take time? Why didn't they go and speak to everyone at length? Why didn't they look and examine Whether they could get out the contract? 
Why didn't they speak to Not just Police Scotland But to the Police Federation To find the view of the rank and file officers Who are in the front line Dealing with the mm-hmm. supporters Why didn't they speak to Scott Rail About laying on extra planes Why didn't they speak to the Scottish extra government planes? About Tra- and automobiles <laughs> It's a long way from Aberdeen is, exactly. Scott Rail on the trains And go and speak to Michael Matheson And people in government About how this mm. would all work Go and speak to the SRU then Rather than <laughs> rushing out an announcement That eight days later They're having to go back and say eh, Listen, sorry about this It looks as if somebody's made a mistake It's not us But it looks as if somebody's made a mistake 01419511025 To have your say Jerry's in Black Hill What do you make of this Jerry? Hello? Hi, Jerry. Hi, uh, I just want to see the picture of the 28th of October. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen and Hearts. Yes. Right? There's, a, there's an easy solution to this. Right? Because you're going to have four teams playing in the one day, in, the one day, right? mm-hmm. in Glasgow City Centre. Right? The police in Scotland are going to have to police the two events, right? Jerry, so, could you just turn, can you turn your radio down in the background? Is it, have you got it on? I think I'll I can hear the echo. Good down. man, thank you. Turn my radio down. Right. They've got to police the two events in Glasgow. Okay. Right. right. They've got to... Police, the two events in Glasgow, right? Is that not correct? Yeah, well, they don't have to. I mean, it looks like one of them might be moved to Murrayfield. But well, in the initial plan, yeah, you're right. solution to this. Right, tell us. Why don't you play one at Hamden afternoon at three o'clock and one either at Ibrox or Murrayfield? The two of them, because you're going to tough up the park, right? A game after, one game after another. The, the park, which I think is unfair, either to Celtic or Hearts. So, I don't know. I think that's the solution. I don't think the two games should be played on the one day. Well, I think, Roger, to be fair, what... what Explain to us then the driving force behind that Because I know Craig Levine for instance Spoke about wanting to Or not wanting to But suggesting um, That they get played on, on separate weekends and, and we would avoid all of this but, but there is an appetite there Perhaps from TV companies and so on To, to have it played on the one day Well there's an appetite from BT Sport And from the SPFL To have it done on the one day um, You can see what would make it attractive For broadcasters you can see what would make it attractive for the SPL To have it on the one day Make it a showpiece If it's successful, why not uh, Do you know do it annually But there has been so much opposition to this From the clubs, from the Police Federation Today from Police Scotland um, From you know people in the Mount Florida area Business people in the town There does seem to be sufficient opposition to it And Bernard Higgins of Police Scotland Admitted as much today That so many people are against this idea They're going to have to have a rethink The problem now is What is that rethink going to be? Because as Anne Budge said at the weekend They had laid, they hearts had laid so many alternatives Before the SPFL And they were all rejected So what is going to be An acceptable solution now for the SPFL And is that solution also going to be acceptable For the likes of the SRU Who, who, 
poor you know, own Murrayfield and That's why Roger You may say that this No matter what happens Doesn't have a happy ending For the SPFL Because even if you Even if they come up with a solution Which from the outset People would have well, said That's the right listen, answer the, the way this has he, all come he, about Just, just looks you, 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 you drew You drew a possibility At the top of the show Gordon That it's Rangers Aberdeen At half past one At Hamden Now that would be more palatable to Aberdeen fans. They'd be able to get the first train out of Aberdeen and down into Glasgow. For Rangers fans, 12 o'clock, half one, does it really make much of a difference? No, not really. Now, if the second game is hard, Celtic at four o'clock at Murrayfield, if a deal can be done to hire Murrayfield for the day, then it's a double win for Hearts fans. They get an earlier kick-off. The kids can go. They don't need to be you know, worried about late to bed on a school night. It's closer for Hearts fans. It's a lot easier for them. But what about the Celtic supporters? The Celtic supporters were already making plans for a 7.45 kick-off on a Sunday night. Celtic fans come from Ireland. There are planes this time to book. There are boats to book. There are buses to book. A lot of arrangements will have been put in place for those supporters to get to the game and get home from the game. Because for the last eight days, they've been told by the SPFL, this is what the arrangement is. But there's not a solution, If the the game gets moved to four o'clock... If the game gets moved to four o'clock on a Sunday in Edinburgh... I would expect an awful lot of phone calls to this phone-in from irate Celtic supporters. Yeah, and I agree with that because uh, uh, Roger touched on it. There's people coming from all over when you support teams like Celtic Rangers. And it's very easy to say, right, we'll just take it to Murrayfield. But people have put plans into place, Gordon. Um, it's been a bit of a shambles. You've got to, to, be, to be fair on that one then, Roger, that's why they now really do have to be played on the same day. That's why now that the option of, of moving one of them to another day that's even worse if you're talking about plans that have already been yeah, put in place. Listen, you, you can only deal with things as you deal with them, and I would tend to say that that is the sensible approach. But I will have great sympathy for Celtic fans who, for the last eight days, will have been booking transportation, accommodation in all likelihood, mm. based on what they were told by the SPFL. This game is in Glasgow at 7.45 on a Sunday night. Mm. If they're soon to be told, actually, it's in a different city at a different time of day, very unfair on the Celtic support Mark is a Celtic fan from Leith Hi Mark, give us your thoughts on this one Hi guys, it's just um, You mentioned last week when this was announced That uh, this just wasn't a decision that was made Like off the cuff This was done after much consultation with the clubs With ScotRail and with Police Scotland It looks as if it hasn't been It looks as if they've made a decision here that's just null and void. And see, first of all, see Hamden. I think uh, Hamden should be commended for giving up the rights to one of these games because they're trying to alleviate the problem that the SPFL's cost here. Neil Doncaster is trying to alleviate all the pressure off of him and firing on other people when the guy just isn't fit for the job he's doing. It's an absolute shambles and he's going to have to fall on his sword over this. Well... There was no consultation, Mark, with ScotRail because ScotRail came out the next day and told us that. There was consultation with Aberdeen and Hearts, but to listen to Aberdeen and Hearts, they believe that they were consulted and then promptly ignored. Both Duncan Fraser at Aberdeen and Anne Budge of Hearts has said that. Anne Budge repeated at the weekend that they had gone back to the SPFL and Neil Doncaster and offered other alternatives, and they were ignored as well. So what was said last week isn't necessarily what actually happened or what is being said this week. And, you know, th- this might end up being more palatable for Aberdeen fans, for Hearts fans. Two seconds, Mark, I'll let you back in. It won't be for Celtic fans, I think, Mark. On you go, Mark. Well, well somebody's lied here somewhere, and it looks as if it's coming for SPL, SP, 
EPFL headquarters. I mean, this guy's botched about for one disaster to another in certain guises in Scottish football. Uh, Regan had to depart under a cloud over his debacle with the Scotland manager, and it doesn't look as if Doncaster is much better, to be honest. There's a lot of Celtic fans that are really going to be up in the air with their plans if it does get changed to Murrayfield. Probably a decision that should have been made right off the bat. I mean, I'm holding two cup semi-finals in the same day in the same stadium is absolute madness. Uh, thanks to Mark and Leith, Gordon. <laughs> Something isn't right here. Mark mm-hmm. uses the word lie, and we have absolutely no proof of anything like that. It would be nice to know exactly what went on in the discussions, but something... Something doesn't add up Something doesn't add up When you've got the Chief Executive of the SPFL uh, Saying you know We consulted all parties This was the best possible uh, Solution Uh, The the police are are comfortable with it And they want Aberdeen Rangers To go first And so on and so forth A couple of hours later 50% of the clubs are unhappy The police today Expressing their own concerns It's incredible Gordon Because We said in this programme I was on with Mark Wilson We were chatting about You know It was the right decision Football wise where everybody was concerned about the other uh, aspect of it. And we were saying, well, they've obviously done their homework and everybody must be comfortable from the police down to Hamden staff. Everybody, the SPFL, everybody must be confident they can pull it off. And then stories come out. In hindsight, maybe it was a case of sitting back and taking a deep breath and taking a little bit of time before announcing exactly because they've left themselves with nowhere to go because... It doesn't matter what they'll do now There'll be people that will yeah. complain that, that's, a, that's a perfect point Because had the SPFL A week past Monday when they made this big announcement Had they said Listen guys there's an awful lot of people to speak to There's a lot, an awful lot of boxes to be ticked We're going to make a proper decision We're going to make the right decision But we're going to do it in a certain time scale Because we need to consult everybody and get it right If they'd taken a week And they'd come out yesterday or today and said Right guys it's Aberdeen v Rangers 130 Hamden it's Hearts v Celtic, 4 o'clock at Murrayfield. We're going to do it the same day, back-to-back television. We're going to make it a showpiece for Scottish football. I don't think anyone could have quarrelled. Aberdeen fans would have been content. Rangers fans, Hearts fans. Celtic fans wouldn't have complained, as long as they were told in the first instance what was happening. You know, for years and years, Hearts have come to Glasgow for semi-finals, so I don't think Celtic would complain about, for once, going to Edinburgh for a semi-final. Any- Twitter would suggest different, no, but we'll th- get no, to that. Well, Twitter suggests differently because Celtic fans were initially told it's 7.45 in Glasgow. Th- their angst is because it's now 4 o'clock, mm. or potentially 4 o'clock in Edinburgh. But, does we talk about, you know, people getting consulted. There's quotes today from Bernard Higgins, Police Scotland's Assistant Chief Constable, who says, As a responsible organisation and taking into account public concerns... I think it is sensible to discuss the issues raised with the SPFL. I have asked the SPFL to look again at the transport plan so we can make a full public safety assessment. That would suggest that it wasn't properly assessed to begin with. And there are quotes as well from the sports minister, Joe Fitzpatrick, who says, this is a quote from a government minister, the Scottish government, Transport Scotland and ScotRail were not consulted. Ahead of the SPFL announcement That doesn't show well for the SPFL I'm afraid Gordon Do you agree or disagree with what the guys are saying so far 0141-951-1025 More of that after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims For 40 years 
Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's 01419511025 to get involved. Uh, you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. The big news today, in case you haven't heard, is that this plan to host both League Cup semi finals at Hamden on October the 28th could now be scrapped, uh, with one of them potentially moving. To Murrayfield The phone lines are going Absolutely crazy for this So we may as well Stay with it in the meantime uh, On Twitter Skyfire Noble says Am I missing something? Why has no one mentioned Moving Rangers and Aberdeen Game to Edinburgh? It's halfway For both teams He says Roger is Is, is, is that well, a possibility? Or, 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 or Like we say I know there is still A lot of work to be done But it certainly looks like It's half Celtic doesn't it? I think anything's a possibility Gordon When you, when you look at um, The way these games Are organised The rationale I understand Behind moving Celtic versus Hearts Was to minimise The movement of supporters on the day I think what they didn't want You know, Aberdeen fans It's more or less equidistant for them Whether they come to Glasgow or Edinburgh It doesn't make a great deal of difference um, If they'd moved Aberdeen and Rangers there Then the Rangers fans and the Aberdeen fans Would be travelling Whereas if they have hard Celtic there It's only the Celtic fans who are travelling on the day I don't think they wanted Rangers fans heading east As Hearts fans headed west um, so th- that seems to be the rationale But as I said at the top of the show My understanding is there's still much negotiation to be done Between the SPFL mm. and Scottish Rugby mm. And the other authorities I'm also surprised Roger that no one's brought up the fact That Hearts use Murrayfield as their home ground Well, so well did, they so did Celtic for Champions League games Yeah lots of these are on Twitter I think they played four league games there last season yeah. Uh, So yeah I mean you could say that gives Hearts the advantage But Celtic played at Hamden the same amount of times that Hearts played at Murrayfield last season Did Hearts win any of the games at Murrayfield? Not that I can remember They played Rangers I remember Aberdeen I think they lost to Kilmarnock as well Anyway If you've got any thoughts on that Very we'll take, complicated we'll, we'll, we'll take them But can, can, I, can, I as just, well. can we just ask the question as well When are the other tickets going to be put in sale for these games? Because we're now Less than four weeks away From the games You know If, if we're looking at Potentially 67,000 tickets at Murrayfield Potentially 50 odd thousand tickets For Hamden mm. We're beginning to You know Get get down And <laughs> in, in, You know The time, the sale time How how long are you You know Going to put tickets mm. up for sale uh, James is in Barhead What do you make of this Situation James Good evening gentlemen um, For the first time In a long time I've disagreed with What Roger's got to say um, Usually he's on point So apologies Roger but, No problem at all um, I just Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know a lot about this situation, but I said earlier on that there was a contract in place that both the Rangers uh, game and the Celtic game had to be played at Hamden. Yeah. And that was the sort of main sort of crux of the matter when it first came out. So I don't see how not Neil Doncaster's going to be blamed for that. I don't think the comments and the statement released were on point, but if we went to Hamden and asked to move one of them and he was told no, what else could the guy do? So what's changed between now and then? Between then and now, I should say. Sorry, James. Because clearly, clearly they've got out of the contract. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that Hamden's had received a few phone calls regarding this. And if when the police come out and say about um, sort of reviewing the situation and possible safety issues, I don't imagine Hamden would be too slow in changing their opinion. Yes, I agree with the Celtic fan earlier on was saying about um, Hamden was recommended about giving up the rights to one of these games to move to Murrayfield. But I don't know if he's maybe given up was the right phrase Maybe They were encouraged to do so They were maybe compensated For doing so James Possibly they've, yeah They've but maybe, they've maybe been co- but The point I was making was 
if it's doable today, surely it was doable a week ago. And part of the problem, part of the criticism that's been levelled, not just by me, but by others at the SPFL today, is just the confusion they're causing. You know, people, yeah. fans, it's always the fans who, who get the short end of things. I'm sure there yeah, are loads of Celtic fans who have made arrangements in good faith for a 7.45 kick-off in Glasgow on the Sunday night. And those plans now look as if they're going to be rendered worthless. And Hearts fans, by the way, Roger, because well, I, yeah, I, know, I, know, I know in theory, I know yeah. in theory this suits... Hearts fans, but you never know, they may have booked accommodation in Glasgow yeah. f- for that night already. So it just shows the the, the, the complexities and, of all this. And, and also, you know, for, for days, and Budget Hearts and Duncan Fraser of Aberdeen have pushed and pushed and pushed. They've said they're not happy, they're not happy. You know, it sounds as if their wishes are only now being considered because. You know, the police federation yesterday, the rank and file officers finally broke rank and said, this isn't good enough. James? Yeah, yeah I, that's where my point earlier on was. I think the criticism against me, Doncaster, for the statements he came out with um, are 100% on point. But if, if we're taking him at his word when he said that he went to Hamden and asked, is it possible to move on his games and was told no, I just think that's maybe where it's all sort of came from. And that was the original catalyst. Because if he's seen it and then the first thing he did was go and ask to move one of them, I think his idea was right, but then to be told he couldn't, I just think it's a bit it, ha- it hamstrung him to then make the right decision. But now it, it looks like it is going to be made. He's the one that looks like he's made all the mess of it. When I don't necessarily think he was the only one to blame. Where James may be onto something, Roger and Gordon, is there are, there are probably two separate issues here. There are, there, you know, there's the there's the, the final outcome where these games are played. Is it best for Scottish football? Is it best for the fans? Is it best for the occasion? And so on. And then there is the the leadership side of things. How the SPFL is functioning because we are always told that you know, in in defence of Neil Doncaster, he's only there speaking on behalf of the clubs. He's the chief well, executive. He's speaking on behalf of the clubs. But what became clear towards the tail end of last week, he certainly wasn't speaking no, on behalf I, of Hearts you know and Aberdeen. There's a, there's a sentence or a paragraph. Within the SPLFL statement We haven't touched on yet Gordon It's a quote from Neil Doncaster When he's talking about the change From Hamden Saying I'm pleased to report That we have been contacted this morning By SFA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell Who said that the Hamden Park Limited Has now reconsidered their position And have agreed to waive the legal obligation Which is great What's it got to do with Ian Maxwell? That, that, that really fascinated me I'm told Privately That other clubs Clubs not involved Clubs, you know, n- not the four semi-finalists Other clubs had contacted the Hamden hierarchy to say Why are Aberdeen and Hearts being ignored by this? If we're in the semi-finals next year Are our wishes going to be ignored? So you just wonder now Even though it's not an SFA competition If Ian Maxwell has stepped forward and acted Not quite mm. as a peacemaker But as a guy in the middle to say Listen, this is all getting a wee bit mm. silly I think I think we need to have a wee rethink about this. I think people need to rethink about their attitudes, uh, and I think we need to do something, anything that's not going to involve four teams at Hamden Park on the same day. Gordon Dale, because it's early and because there's so much confusion and disruption and uncertainty, people are, are feeling angry, frustrated, negative, mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use about this situation. But I wonder in the next couple of days if this does go through. Mighty Well for instance on Twitter says One game at Hamden at 2 One at Murrayfield at 5 Now we have a sensible Fantastic Super Sunday That should be advertised For maximum exposure To sell our game Now let's get on with it I wonder if, if we can Eventually get over this 
And enjoy the occasion Because most people agreed That both on the same day Sounded good In terms of this Festival of football But there were a lot of Logistical problems To get over Yeah And and that's what's Taken the The highlights of the The full thing Gordon We should be looking as well At the the, the spectacle we've got in football to showcase our game and everybody's touching on how good our game is at this moment in time because of the fact of Hearts are top of the league you know you get Kamarnock up there Hibs Livingston has, they're doing absolutely brilliant and the football in sense it's very very good but we've sort of uh, laboured with this decision I just think that Neil Doncaster I can understand James' point and I think he's right if you go and ask someone can we change this and they say no You've got to put plans into place. But I just think he put the plans into place too quickly. It could have been just take a deep breath, sit back, wait, wait a few days, discussions can always be held, and then come to the right decision. I think you're right. If a game can get played, it suits everybody. And well, people will moan, of course they will, but in football-wise with Rangers and Aberdeen, where's uh, uh, I, sorry, Hamden at 2 o'clock, Murrayfield at 5 o'clock, both on TV, packed houses, semi-finals. I think it would be great for a game. And you, you always hear Fraser Wishart on this show on a Saturday when we have debates like this saying, the SPFL is the clubs. And to an extent is right. But you just wonder what the relationship's going to be going forward between Aberdeen and Hearts and maybe some other smaller, mm. smaller clubs and the SPFL hierarchy. Because Aberdeen and Hearts are not happy that their wishes were initially ignored. Gary Newton-Merns, what's your take? Well, it just shows how incompetent the SPFL are. But why didn't they move it the weekend before or the weekend after? And they could have the both games, one on a Saturday and Sunday. Is that too simplistic for them? I suppose the problem with that, Gary, is if you had phoned them with that suggestion a week ago, you know, great. But but we now are where we are. And if we're talking about fans really suffering from the, the changes to their travel plans, their accommodation plans, surely moving the dates of these fixtures now, today... Would be even worse Well it's, The tickets are going on sale So it would have given them another week If they moved it The weekend after They're still having to stop some of the, Postpone some of the, SP, the SPL games For that weekend So I don't know why that wasn't an option That both clubs would have agreed And we wouldn't be having this discussion If they said Alright we're moving it the, fall, the week after Or the week before Rangers and Celtic are both out Not playing in Europe that Thursday so it would have been Well there is a midweek There's a yeah, midweek Premiership yeah, well, card no, On the Wednesday the, Fraser spoke to this point In the show on Saturday And Fraser was saying that The problem with Postponing games The following weekend Was that When were they going To be fitted in um, There was a real worry Because we've got A winter break now Because there are so many Midweeks that Celtic Rangers Do play in the Europa League Because You can't use Certain midweeks Because they clash with Champions League fixtures There's the international breaks Both pre and post Christmas As we say There's this month long International bit of You know Three week long Winter break I should say You then have to leave Certain midweeks clear In case there are Scottish Cup replays In the second half of the season So if we're making the point If we postponed Another set of Potentially Three league games I think it would be Because Celtic are due to Play Hearts In the league the following weekend So it would be Celtic versus Hearts Plus the Aberdeen and Rangers games There was a fear within the SPFL They'd simply run out of dates As to when to play these rearranged games Thanks to Gary in Newton Merns 0141 951 1025 We'll keep taking your thoughts 
On this Hamden situation But we've given it a good old go So let's try and talk football next shall we We'll hear from Kieran Tierney And James Tavernier After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, On Twitter at Clyde SSB What about this Roger From Lee McTaggart It says Can you imagine both old firm clubs Somehow reach the Europa League quarter final And the Scottish Cup semi-final We'd have this situation again Oh I take that Great. right now No thank you Lee Let's see if we can do something about that well, Plenty plenty of time to worry About that one I said I wanted to try If possible Talk about football We've got a, quite a lot Of opinions coming in On the Hamden situation So feel free to keep them coming uh, But let's look On the field shall we Geoffrey is a Rangers fan What's on your mind tonight Geoffrey? Right I was at the game on Sunday um, I wasn't surprised uh, With the scoreline um, I thought Lewisham played very well And uh, Mr Holt Needs to be congratulated on the way he's bringing up Livingston into the, the Premiership. Um, my main concern is the, um, the sub, one of the substitutions uh, Sunday they took off uh, our centre-half, um, who seemed to be playing well, and I can't understand why he did that. Um, and also... Who are you, to, uh, who are you talking about, Geoffrey? Um, I think it was... Oh no, I can't remember off the top of my head... It was the first substitution that he that he made. First change um, was Kent for Koulibaly at half time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought he sort of had a, a reasonable game. Um, there were one or two players that should have been on the park, um, but we seem to have this thing about the artificial pitch. Um, um, we don't seem to be playing well in artificial pitches. And yet, up at the training ground, they've got an artificial pitch and they train on it. So I don't see what the problem is. Right, well, what about Rangers on Sunday then? Jeffrey covered a couple of points there, the substitution at half-time, the, uh, the performance. Yeah, a bit worrying for the Rangers fans, I think. Um, after, and I especially said against the St. Johnston game at Ibrox, I thought they were terrific, some of the football they played. They've got a, an Achilles heel just now away from home. Um, they've only won three out of seven. Uh, games which isn't isn't a record that'll keep you up there uh, so he's got to address that and he knows he's got to address that I don't think you can put I know people will make excuses about the pitch the, they would probably have trained on the pitch for a few days prior to going to Livingston uh, but you'd expect no disrespect and Gary will be in here lovely guy you'd expect Rangers to go through there and win that game but you've got to give Livingston credit because they've been to Tyne Castle as well got a great draw there uh, he's not been beaten since he went in there He's got them organised He's got them fighting He's got them believing And I think they had a bigger heart Than what Rangers had on Sunday Gordon, I really do Ability wise Rangers have got all the ability in the world But sometimes you need a little bit more than that And I just think that Livingston had more desire And they deserved to win I, I, I thought they were terrific I've seen them quite a lot this season For Super Scoreboard I saw them at home to Kilmarnock When they drew I saw them at home to Hibs When they beat Hibs Saw them again in TV at the weekend when they beat Rangers And they are a credit to Gary Holt and his coaching staff And a credit to themselves Because they've come up from League One Through the Championship Into the Premiership And this isn't Don't take this the wrong way This isn't a criticism This is this is praising them They do things simply And it's so effective They've got a good goalkeeper who makes saves They've got three centre-halves who 
are never that far away from one another and they head the ball clear and they kick the ball clear and they tackle strongly and Daz says they've got hearts the size of Lions the two wing backs are quite close to the two wide centre backs the three guys in midfield all of whom can play by the way but they work their socks off as well and then the wee bonus ball is they've got a couple of lads up front who run all day and then Dolly Menger pinched a goal at the weekend so they have not looked out their depth in the Premiership and you need to remember the last Levy team that came into the Premiership finished third that season and got into Europe maybe this mob are going they might just do the same Jeffrey, stay where you are and I'll get your thoughts on this James Tavernier says it was a lack of cutting edge in the game at the weekend and he admits there is a concern about their away form in the league they're at home of course to Rapid Vienna on Thursday before Hearts on Sunday and Tavernier says they must be fully focused on clawing back the Jambos and continuing the momentum in Europe I wouldn't say there's an issue you know we got a positive result in uh, Villarreal we were unlucky to not get a winner out there um, but today you know Aberdeen was an unfortunate one conceded right at the end with 10 men I don't think the issue's playing away um, I just think the issue we weren't clinical in the final third we didn't create enough chances and we didn't test the keeper enough disappointing you know you even seen the display against earlier the other night how the cutting edge that we had um, when we were attacking it's not the being on end all you know we know we've got the right players we can create these chances but we've just got to pick ourselves up and uh, obviously look forward to the Thursday game well we've got to play Hearts next weekend so you know that's that's the next league game so we obviously want to go over there and get three points then we, we move obviously the gap closer um, so we only can work on game by game you know can't look right into the fixtures you know we've, we've got hearts we've obviously got Europa on, on Thursday uh, Jeffrey, as disappointed as you were with the performance and the result on Sunday uh, I guess you won't be taking that concern into Thursday night given how well Rangers have done in Europe so far this season yeah, I'm, I'm, the, the annoying thing is I'm a, I am happy that they're winning at home but that doesn't do any good if you're not winning away now on Thursday I think they might find it hard but I'm hoping we get the three points. I thought we were very unlucky against Villarreal. It could have gone either way. They could have won it towards the end, and we could have won it towards the end. But um, our home, our, our home uh, games that we play, we play better at home than we seem to be playing away. And I would just like to think that we can get the away form sorted out. I think we're going to be there and thereabouts at the end of the season. I think next uh, Sunday is massive already and we talk about it and Hugh hates the saying but it's early in the season but it's still massive because hearts are going very very well they'll come to Ibrox full of confidence but Geoffrey touched on it I've been to the last two Rangers home games Dundee and St Johnston nine goals conceded none played very very well good attacking football could have been a lot more but this is different this is the league leaders coming and they're eight points ahead just now you can't afford to drop an R3 points. Tell me the difference. You've done it. You've played for Rangers. Is there a difference? Is it easier to play for Rangers at Ibrox when you have all the ball and teams defend? How much harder is it to go, and I'm just looking at the places Rangers have been this season, to go to Pataudry, to go to Motherwell, to go to Celtic Park, to go to Levy? How, you know, what do you need to do as a Rangers player I th- to get I results? Think, I think, Roger, that there's a fear factor at Ibrox now. Because teams come there, they sit in and they hope to frustrate Rangers. But they've got two, their movement's too good and they move the ball too quickly. But away from home in their own patches, they seem to be on the front foot and in Rangers' faces and try to upset them. And you look at Livingston at the weekend there, it certainly worked for them. 
Um, so I think a lot of teams will be looking at that. And that's why I say the home forum is reversed now. It was last year the home forum was the one that was of concern. It's reversed. They've got to get the away form sorted out. Uh, let's hear from Kieran Tierney. He admits there has been a, a drop in standards from the previous two seasons, but he's more than confident that Celtic will get back to top form. Um, he mentions, you know, Celtic being victims of their own success after the double treble, but simply says it's far too early to panic. There's no drop off of trying or effort, that's for sure. Um, it's 100% every day. To keep up the form of the last two seasons would be incredible to do that. The start of the season, we've not been able to do it as much, but there's still a really long way to go and a lot to play for this season, so it's, it's early doors. Yeah, we know a few performances have been below our normal standards, the standards we'd like to set, but when your standards are that high, there's going to be games like that as well. And for us, it's came early on in the season and we're looking to get that out the road and hopefully never happen again. It's hard, you're going to get criticism at a club like Celtic. There's a lot of people out to get you as well, so the coaches, the, the team and the fans are kind of all sticking together. And to have that family feeling between us all, knowing we're fighting for the same cause is brilliant at Celtic. We're all professional football players, so we know ourselves if we've played well or if we've not played well and the differences in what we need to improve on. So it's the critics you listen to, like your manager and that and your coaches, they tell you what you need to improve on and they're the ones that matter. Yeah, I thought the, against Aberdeen they played very well in patches, Gordon. They're not back to their best, uh, but they're certainly starting to play a lot better. It was a good result. Aberdeen played not too bad and created one or two chances, but Celtic were always going to be the ones, I think, were going to win the game. It was always going to be tight. And I've got to say, Scott Sinclair has come in for a lot of criticism about his performances. People want him out of the club. He's finished at Celtic. And to have the courage, I call it courage, in front of a, a home crowd, a big home crowd, to try that back heel that wins them the three points in the game... I've got to hand it to the boy because if that doesn't come off, the Celtic fans were already on his back. And and fair play to him. I'm delighted. I hope that can kick start because he's not a bad player. He's just playing with no confidence. And sometimes you get through spells like that as a footballer and you need something just to to, to take you out that for him and get you into a good run of games and get you playing again, get your confidence up. Because it wasn't that long ago he was banging in goals for fun with Celtic. He won the Player of the Year in Scotland so it tells you he's not a bad player Celtic are still a little bit short But they're starting to play a lot better And the home form on Saturday was good It was a terrific goal And you could see what it meant to Scott Sinclair The way he celebrated the goal It's interesting to hear Kieran Tierney They're talking about criticism mm-hmm. Something Celtic haven't been used to for two or three seasons mm-hmm. you, you listen to Jeffrey, the last call of the Rangers fan Talking about the criticism of Rangers For their performance at Livy at the weekend I cannot believe We're now into the month of October there's three teams in the Premiership haven't won away from home and two of them are Celtic and Rangers. Roger, I was watching the game and they come on for Edward after the tackle with McKenna and you could just see the boy had no confidence and it's hard to watch sometimes. And I was actually thinking at one point the sub could get subbed here. And I've, 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 I've seen that before happening. Managers just look and think he's not playing with any confidence, getting back out, back out of there. But that goal, and you're right, he celebrated it like he'd scored the winner in the World Cup final. It meant that much to him. And that could be the turning point for him. You just need something to go for you that brings that confidence back because he's got ability. I mean, we know, Roger, this is no secret. It's nothing new about the the sort of scrutiny, the intensity of playing for one of these big sides in Glasgow. We know that it's it's microscope on you 24-7. The highs are very high, the lows are very low. Listening to Kieran Tierney there, how important 
Will it be You know Will it have been for Celtic To sort of block out that noise He talks about listening to Only a couple of people You know The coaches And the managers How important is it to Maintain that Block out All of the other stuff When you're trying not to panic So early in the season um, No I think you should listen to Super Scoreboard <laughs> Obviously think, I mean I that goes without saying papers Because I think it's important For all the players to keep in touch with what the supporters actually feel There's no point trying to block it out You block it out You're in a little bubble And you, you know you, you don't know what's going on round about you That can't be healthy Gordon I think you are better Opening your eyes to everything Opening your ears to everything Being aware of what the supporters feel Kieran Tierney is a supporter himself He'll have been disappointed with some of the results this season And the only way As Scott Sinclair showed at the weekend To get the confidence back To stop the criticism Is to rediscover the best form on the pitch Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Remember Livingston boss Gary Holt Joining us in the studio in the second hour of tonight's show So get your thoughts in But before we get to that It's time for Beat the Pundit Roger and Gordon are both standing by If you fancy it tonight Maybe tonight's your night 0141-951-1025 Do it right now Do it quickly Because you only have Until the news at 7 o'clock If you fancy tonight's Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results For Scottish accident And injury victims For 40 years Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're also joined for the second hour Remember by Livingston boss Gary Holt as well So if you have any questions Any points for Gary Feel free to get them in And we'll get to that after this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Time for Beat the Pundit Roger and Gordon standing by Thomas is in Kilsyth He's going to be up against one of them tonight you fancy it tonight, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, I hope so Yeah, I'm confident mid. I like that Last night's guy said to him You fancy it tonight? You up for it? No, no, Did no chance win? He said, no, he could beat as well yeah. So there we go I like a bit of positivity To kick us off Thomas Heads, it's Roger Tails It's Gordon I'm going to go for No, you don't get to yeah. choose The coin chooses <laughs> It's Heads <laughs> It's Heads and it's Roger Hanna Unfortunately Good no luck, offense. Thomas No offence Gordon But no unfortunately worry, uh, It's Roger Let me give Roger some Clyde 2 in his ears So that he doesn't know what we're saying uh, And we'll get the questions up and running Thomas, you've got 30 seconds Head to head The secret is you can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Yeah Partick Thistle have signed which striker After gaining international clearance? Ah. Uh. Uh, which Scottish football team's mascot is nicknamed Roscoe? Yeah, Roscoe. Uh, which English team did Gary Holt join after playing with Kelly? No, yeah, Norwich. What age is Kilmarnock's Chris Boyd? 36. Which drinks company owns RB Salzburg? Red Bull. Who did Bayern Munich play tonight? No, uh, pass. And who won Scottish League 2 last season? United. All right, let's bring Roger back. Roger, can you oh, hear me? Oh yes, that's what I love. That and Clyde too. His ear at ELO. All right, he was complaining today that his uh, his iPhone storage is full and he's having to delete some of his favourite tracks, such as "Blanket on the Ground." Well, I think we better move uh, move quickly on from that one, really, haven't we? Uh, Gordon, you ready? I don't want to know what's taking up the storage in your phone. You ready to play? I'm not playing. Oh, it's Roger, Roger, so it's all the panic on your face there. The panic, the panic, Roger. Are you ready? Yes Right let's do it Partick Thistle have signed Which striker After gaining Solomon international Colorado. clearance Which Scottish football team's mascot Is named Roscoe Ross County 
Which English team did Gary Holt join after playing with Kilmarnock? Don't ask him. Norwich City. What age is Kilmarnock's Chris Boyd? 35. Which drinks company owns RB Salzburg? Red Bull. Who did Bayern Munich play tonight? Benfica. Uh, who won Scottish League Two last season? Pass. Oh. What do you think, Thomas? Think he's given you a chance? He doesn't give many a chance, I, I, I must I, say. I, maybe a wee chance. Maybe a wee chance. Partick Thistle have signed which striker after gaining international clearance? It is Solomon Koulibaly. One 0 Roger Hanna. Uh, you both got the next one right, Ross County. I mean, listen, it's the clues in the name, and it Roscoe. You couldn't really get that wrong, but you both got it right. Two one to. Roger it's went 3-2 Gary Holt was nodding along there When you said that he Went to Norwich City After Kilmarnock So it's 3-2 uh, I must say though Unfortunately for you Roger stretched his lead 35 You are one year out On Chris Boyd uh, The drinks company Which owns RSB Salzburg Is Red Bull So it's still a two goal lead For Roger Which means the last two Could have been crucial But they weren't Because you didn't get them Thomas Who did Bayern Munich play tonight It's Ajax So Roger oh, you didn't I didn't get that, that. Right, and who won League 2 last season oh, I'm surprised that you, you know something I still can't remember Montrose. I'm surprised that you Roger I must say So Thomas that's the thing That was actually a below I'm disappointed in Roger Hanna I must say But yeah. he did enough to get over the line Thomas So hard luck to you Yeah I didn't bother Thanks Roger <laughs> Cheers Thomas Thomas and Can I let you into a secret Chris Boyd writes a column As you know for the Scottish Sun <laughs> Right And before it goes in the paper You check his age It, it bounces back and forth With the emails and Chris Boyd's email address oh, You're not going to read his email address out are you? No Right okay But but it, it does involve his date of birth oh, There we are Honestly Trade, trade secrets Thomas <laughs> You've been done You've been absolutely done Hard lines Thomas and Coulsyth You'll have your chance If you want to play Beat the Pundit tomorrow night Right Not that I'm not always happy to see Roger and Gordon mm. But extra happy to be joined by Gary Holt Livingston manager Gary how are you? Thanks for joining us I'm good thanks Cheers Got to make a point of shaking the Livingston manager's hand. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. Don't get me. Don't get us started on that. We'll maybe get to that a bit later on. Handshakes and non-handshakes. Uh, Gary, listen. You must be. The team are flying high. It must be a, a nice situation for you to be in and, and seeing all the hard work paying off at the moment. Aye, definitely. It's something um, we try to get the players to buy into. Is is coming to work uh, to enjoy it, but it's it's work and. It's like any walk of life. You go to work to earn your money. So it, it may be football and it's a it's a, a hobby as such for most of us. But uh, at the end of the day, the, the office staff come to work. The, the chefs come to work. The groundsmen come to work. So the players need to realise they come to work and they buy into it. And we're getting the fruits of that at the moment. And long may it continue. And the most recent success obviously comes against Rangers at the weekend. I mean, that everyone looking from the outside, I'm sure you guys had, had the belief that you could win. And this isn't... An accident you, you know you've done it to Hibs You've had some very impressive results But of course when you're up against such a You know a favourite as Rangers would have been It must feel great when that full time whistle goes And you've got the three points Well to be fair we've been every, every game And every team has been the favourite against us So we're quite happy that way We know what we want to do We know how we're going to apply ourselves And it's something we spoke about the game on Sunday The fact it was it was live on TV It was a full house at home um, First one for a, for a while uh, was to go and embrace it Go and have a smile on your face And enjoy the game Because they've, they've worked hard to get to this level Two hard years of, of back-to-back mm-hmm. promotions um, They deserve to go and play And that's what we try to get, in, get into them Go in, out there, enjoy it But you only enjoy it by working hard and doing your mm-hmm. job And 
Thankfully on Sunday they, they stuck to their task And don't get me wrong It, it wasn't an easy game It wasn't <laughs> like we, we were all, all guns blazing And uh, dominating the game We we were good in the game I, I honestly believe it was a really good game of football From both sides And where we better a lot we can we maybe have scored a couple more goals that was a pleasing thing uh, but we got the win on the day so one four one nine five one one zero two five. if you've any questions for Gary Holt the Livingston manager I think we should have a bit of fun now that Gary's in the studio oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I you... can't believe Livingston's got a chef and I met him <laughs> I met him on Friday for a coffee he says Daz we're going Scud Ranger <laughs> he's been humble now that everyone's listening well, Gary if you're unfamiliar when we get players or managers and we always like to, uh, getting to know you no uh, problem have a bit of fun with this so let's see how we get on with these questions right let's fire through them the first football game you went to Kilmarnock v Hibs when I was a wee boy because I don't only really remember it's because George Best was playing with Hibs oh wow and my dad said see that guy there He's the best player, one of the best players in the world. He was hopeless, <laughs> and I was only a wee boy, and I thought he is absolutely drivelled, Dad. <laughs> but well, as you grow up, you get to know who George Best was and what what he was in Hibs. Not bad at all. I like that. I'm happy with that. Night out with him. Hmm? I've had a night out with him. I'll bet. Uh, <laughs> who was your footballing hero growing up? Wally Waters. <laughs> Wally, what a goal scorer he was. There you go. What, See, what are you laughing at then? <laughs> you didn't expect got, it. No, I thought he was going to come out with somebody really. Big Exotic. and well, Wally was big, big and famous, but uh, he's goals. famous. He's God, and come on, eyes and fans, he's, he's God. That's what we we called him. So uh, we knew week in week out when we turned up, he might not put the best shift in. He might not play the most attractive, but he scored bloody good goals, and that's, that's a, all we want. That's important. Best player you've played with? I'm going to upset a lot of people <laughs> as usual. Um, best player I played with? Um, I'll probably go with Dan Huckabee just for what he he gave. The side uh, mm. He He, he won a us a legend down there isn't he Aye but he won us the league And I make no bones about that We were t- 10 Regular 10 Really good players And he was One superstar in our team And he was the one That was the superstar We needed to win the, the championship in England At that time So I would probably say He was the best player I played with Best you played against uh, Zidane was phenomenal Gordon I Gary Holt there I thought you were trying to suggest That, that it was you I'm no, not so obvious, I'm not at all. Not oh, I wondered, I wondered what was going on. No, I was tapping the desk and didn't like it. All oh, right, sorry. Zidane, <laughs> um, Zidane was good. Uh, Cantona was ex- exceptional as well. Oh, so. he's, Roger, he's name dropping all over the place <laughs> here. Um, he's went from Molly Waters. I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, I, I've been fortunate to play against, or, or should I say, I've been on the pitch against some superstars. I wouldn't say I got close to many of them, but uh, fortunate enough, uh, I, I would say Gascoigne at Rangers and Loudrop were. Two phenomenal talents that at that time uh, were exceptional to play against. What was Zidane like? Because even now you see the YouTube reel pop up, don't you? And you just think, wow. I mean, everything, absolutely everything he had. He was he had an aura about him. He had a, a, an arrogance of not not you can't touch me or you can't, but you know he just had this bit on the pitch. It he kind of looked down at you as if <laughs> what, what you tidy, <laughs> get away. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but then don't get me wrong, he, he was a dirty. Player so as well, so. I right, he, okay. he didn't mind hitting you a kick and letting you know that I'm not just a good player as well. I mix it, so no, he was a uh, he was a, a phenomenal player to to play against. Here's one best friend in football. Uh, I, I suppose the best guy Dylan Kerr I mentioned. He'll be, be angry if you don't. Ah, he'll be he'll be <laughs> angry if I don't. He'll, he's bound to hear it in Kenya, so um, 
I'll give him a big, big following in Kenya the show, by the way. All over LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, everything he aye. does is on LinkedIn. Every, everything he does. Every, every time I pick my phone up, there's a message. So <laughs> I, I best give him a mention. Uh, I wouldn't say he's my best friend in football, but I'll give, I'll give him a mention just as probably the biggest pest in football. Right, fair enough. Best stadium you've played at? Um, I'm going to say Millennium Stadium. Was phenomenal. Um, don't get me wrong, Stade France was really good. Hamden was ex- exceptional for me. Uh, but the, the nature of the game, the atmosphere would mm. be the Millennium Stadium. Maybe this ties in because the next one's best footballing moment. Win the Scottish Cup. All right. Of see? course, actually. Ah, that, see? Was a, that was a silly. Ah, see, you real gin there, don't you? Absolutely. You right. sure did. Aye, the worst moment's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Let's elaborate on the best. I mean, the best for, one, Scottish Cup final. I mean, uh, winning it. I mean, you've already explained your footballing heroes growing up and all that sort of stuff. So to be part of that must have been unbelievable. Aye, aye it's something that uh, I regularly remind people every day <laughs> uh, and don't let them forget it. Uh, but no, it's for us at that time where uh, we we were finished in the league as well that season, like staying up in the last game of the season. Um, to then go into the final and win it uh, with my hometown club a team of support um, was something that I'll, I'll always have and it turns out I am that transparent the next question is uh, worst footballing moment the Millennium Stadium game right. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the playoff final we lost in penalties and it was the first year uh, golden goal was scrapped we scored two minutes in the extra time wow and the guy who was the chairman of the panel that scrapped it was the Ipswich Town chairman well, I'll tell you what, can you imagine on this show, Roger, that type of conspiracy? That would have gone down just lovely, oh, wouldn't it? That, listen, that, the old farm derby, was uh, <laughs> that was bitterly contested down there, wasn't ah, it, Gary? So that, that went down well, but we lost in penalties. But it was a, the stadium, the atmosphere, the occasion, just the ending was horrendous. Are you the superstitious type? Do you have any pre-match superstitions? <sighs> I'm not some, I'd probably say it's a routine rather than a superstition. Mm-hmm. I, I used to take the clothes off the suit off the same way hang the suit up the same order then I'd hang up my uh, I used to wear two vests one each half under right. my strip so vest strip a towel on my clothes vest strip <laughs> vest and no one was allowed to touch it I'm just impressed you can remember all that oh no because it's, it's a routine so no one is allowed to touch it and I used to go out for a warm-up you know how sometimes boys go to the toilet and come back and wash their hands oh there's a towel just nah it's criminal <laughs> and because uh, it, it used to be that if I'd go out and play and then I had a bad game, it was just, well, I had a bad game. My routine was right, my routine, but if I'd come in and somebody touched my stuff or someone was moved, that's how I played bad. That played in your mind, it was like somebody's upset my apple cart. So it was just, it was more a routine rather than a superstition. I'm looking at you, Gordon Dale, I'm wondering if you did, because I can't make up my mind. You routine? Yeah, no, superstition specifically. Yeah, uh, always wore number eight. Uh, until I was told to wear number 12 or 14 <laughs> And I always drank a cup of tea before I went out on the pitch And so that night you got caught at Man City with the fish, fish supper well, before That wasn't yeah, that superstition yeah, I was, I was just, just, to, no, I was just hungry To be fair, he always ate his fish before his chips <laughs> Right, okay uh, I'm going to move the order of these around a bit What else have we got? Uh, what are your hobbies away from football? Um, really cringy spending time with my, my wife and my kids to be honest Nothing cringy with that Yeah, uh, no, I... I I, I really do enjoy spending time with my wife uh, Just having a day out and doing next to nothing I'd, I would like to get, play more golf But she puts a kibosh in that regular So um, I'll say I spend lovely time mm. with my wife Definitely not getting your thoughts on that <laughs> one, <Gordon laughs> Dale. Um, Next one, favourite film? 
I'll go Shawshank Redemption because oh, I be must. I, I must have. I must have watched it about a hundred times, and every time it comes on the TV again, oh, but let, let's watch it. And the kids will laugh. I've seen it a million <laughs> times. What about the old box sets? Have you got a tip for us? What should um, we be watching? Oh, oh, yeah. Suits. Nah, to be fair, it's decent as well, isn't it? I've not tried. I'm impressed. You've got tradition here. Aye, suits is. Top yeah, notch to be yeah. fair That is decent I must say Your ultimate five aside team Now this is always interesting Because we learn a bit about you As to whether you include yourself or not uh, so that, This is the thing Is it Teams that are any. Players I've played with no, just, you, Do you know what It's a blank canvas On you go Right I'll go with boys I've played with Okay I like right. that Bit of thought Alright so I'll go Rob Green and goals mm-hmm. Um At the back I play a 2-2-1 two, two, Oh yeah He's thinking oh, about right. it as well yeah. Yep. So I'll have Raymond Gummery Centre half not for his footballing ability The fact that nothing gets past him Okay Just pure defender uh, Boy Adam Drury Who was at left back at Norwich I'd never seen MD get past him So I'd go with him as well uh, Midfield I'm playing Obviously just That's for fair it, yep. Just for industry um, I'd probably go Geranti then For creativity and mm-hmm. playing the, Up top I've got to go with McCoy Because he scores goals in abundance So I'd go Coisty What happened to Wally? He'll be devastated While he's God He gets to pick the team He's, he's, he's a manager, he's manager. He's he's, He oversees the lot And finally uh, Tell us something about you We might not already know This I'm always a bit Excited and worried In equal measure About the answers to this question See this is This is a difficult Because everybody knows my background So me saying Oh I was in the army I'm well, not sure everyone knows it but Well it's well documented So um, I play Xbox every night Every night, every night. So you don't get you don't get enough time away from the wife to play golf, but you, you manage Xbox every night. Oh, a wee couple of games every night just to right, okay. keep my eye in. Right, all right. I don't mind that. Gordon Deal's like, oh, what's an Xbox? I, I, <laughs> Absolutely. I clueless. can honestly say I don't even know what that is. I can honestly. Right, we'll it. explain it to you later. I know on. kids have got Xboxes, but what well, game, I, what well, game? I've I've seen how your kids get Xboxes, but I've got the Xbox. Yeah, but game kid. do you play? Uh, I play Call of Duty normally So I'm waiting for the new one to come out But yeah, uh, That's the army background It's all there oh. And I play PUBG at the moment Which is uh, A kind of Soldier one as well Even so I've never heard of that I must say right 01419511025 Get your questions in for Gary Holt I, I, I've got a question Gordon uh-huh. And I was only made aware of this Yesterday The, the, the day after Livingston beat Rangers Do, do you yet own A Craig Halkett phone cover? Because now Football merchandise You don't just get a Lionel Messi shirt You don't mm-hmm. just get Cristiano Ronaldo boots I was made aware yesterday For the first time There's a company Who are now selling Craig Halkett phone covers Which is a yellow Livingston shirt With 26 Halkett in the back A bit weird if his manager Had one though wouldn't it? Oh, I don't know That's ah, quite impressive <laughs> <laughs> I can't see me going that ah. I'm, I'm taking that, that as a no Would you find players If they had uh, phone covers With their own names And shirts on them No I think the players Would police that Yeah I'd yeah. let them deal with that But I'm sure it would be a fine Right Gary Holt Livingston manager joins us We'll put your questions To him next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here as always on a Tuesday We're joined tonight by Gary Holt, Livingston manager as well So if you have any questions, tweet them uh, or call in 01419511025 And I must say Gary, you're getting it tight on Twitter here <laughs> David is on, Sammy, Jerry I, I as well why. Because he put six players yeah. in his five-a-side team <laughs> that's, that's the way to win What's worse? I didn't even notice at the time yeah. there Well, David says Holt's five-a-side team would be decent Given he has six players in it so bad. Ro- Rolling subs yeah, absolutely. listen, exactly A rolling sub, as Roger Hanna says uh, I'm going to still set the teaser Gary can help Oh, yes, on, Gary, yes um, 
Hopefully, well, hopefully it's either a Livingston winner or a Kilmarnock one. No, it's definitely not. It's similar to a question we had last week sent in by Martin. I'm looking for 10, oh, no. ten non-Scots have played for Aberdeen oh. and scored in the English Premier League. So I'll set the question, we'll leave it in the back burner for a while. Ten non-Scots have played for Aberdeen and scored in the English Premier League. I think one of them has just been in the television behind you. Well, I, I can't see it because it's behind me, but... Noel Whelan. Yes, Noel Whelan. They turn that television off in future Roger Right we'll get back to that There's, there's plenty of time for it I must say uh, Let's speak to John and Parkhead First up Hi John How you doing How you doing Gary I'm not bad thanks Gary Gary Gordon and Roger How you doing Hi Hello. John Hi John I've got, I've got a few points Before I make my point Gordon have you got a pen Or a bit of paper in front of you Me Hi Yes why Draw a box and put an X to it <laughs> Alright hold on Alright Right is that my Xbox? Actually, you've got it. Wow. Got it, Gordon. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Okay, Gordon. Thanks. Well, I've just got a few points, and hopefully I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll get on with them. My first point is to, I'm a Rangers fan, Gary, and also I was at the game on Sunday, and we still deserve to win. Still deserve to win. There's no excuses for me in all parts. But can I ask you, I want to ask you an honest question. What, what is your honest opinion on artificial surfaces? On you go, Gary. Your honest, your honest, honest opinion. opinion um, on the spot. Well, when I became manager of Falkirk, I get sent. To go and have a look at plastic pitches Because that's what Falkirk wanted to put in And they sent me a haul into this company And I went and they said to me If you don't want it, no problems We'll just reseed, we'll thingy dig up And I was like brilliant, I love grass I'm just sticking with grass I'm going here and I'm going, just going to come back and moan <laughs> And I went and I spent uh, two days And I couldn't have a complaint about it I couldn't get a complaint I couldn't find a reason why I could come back and say No, the surface was tremendous the players loved it and I spoke to the players. I played on it myself for an hour. I spoke to the goalkeeper who was a 34-year-old experienced goalkeeper and he said he loved it, wished he'd played on it all his career. Um, the financial implications for the club was rented out, was hired out, so the, the revenue was coming in. Local kids got to play in it as well. Um, and just for the whole community, it was, a, it was something that attracted everyone. So I came back and I basically said that. I couldn't fault it. I couldn't give you a reason why it was a negative not to put it in, other than the fact that I, I love grass and I would li- I would like grass. But when we put it in, after playing on it myself, um, there's a lot of benefits. And in these, this day and age, when kids are training now, everything's on astral. It's how they learn. It's how they play. Um, the speed of the game is quicker. Um, so I've got no qualms with it, and I absolutely love it. Hopefully, that answers your first point, John. Uh, my second one is to to also to Gary and to, to maybe. Gordon, Gordon, there was a caller on last week and they were talking about maybe managers losing the dressing room and you said it was a lot of baloney. That was your words, right? Yeah. I was, I was watching Jamie Carragher the day uh-huh. and he was talking about uh, Jose Mourinho, one of the biggest clubs in the world and he thinks 100% that Jose Mourinho's lost the dressing at Manchester United. Jose Mourinho come on and he says that he thinks that there's players, there's some players trying and there's some players no trying. That was Jose Mourinho's words. So I was just like to see what you think on that. Well, you'll always get in a dressing room, and Gary will tell you, as a manager, you'll always get unhappy players, uh, John. Um, guaranteed you'll get unhappy players. But they've still got a duty to go out there and play for their club and their supporters and their wages that they're getting paid. Um, I, th- I just think the writing's been on the wall um, for a few months now for Mourinho. If you look back to the, the summer and his transfer, um, the transfer market, he didn't get what he wanted and I think they were holding back from him. I think they're trying to force him out. I think there's a lot of negative uh, publicity coming out and on and, and top of him. I think he's responding to it. 
Um, but the players have got to make sure that they've got a responsibility to get out there. And it doesn't matter if you like the manager, don't like him. Play for the team. What about more generally, Gary? Aside from from Man United, I'm thinking generally this because this is something we hear all the time, isn't it? He's lost the dressing room. Look at that. I've lost six games. He's lost the dressing room. Is it a thing? Have you ever felt it, player or manager? Um, I think I think it maybe comes down to man management as well. I think it's also policing the dressing room from within. I think the players have got to take a bit of responsibility. I think you've got to give them a wee bit of onus, a wee bit of discipline amongst themselves that they've got to police and not let people step out of line. Um, so it's not always down to the manager to to get something into line. At the end of the day, you you set rules from the start. You have the players players fines who who, who police that themselves. There's the managers, the club fines and that. But I think there's a the management aspect of this is respect between the two of us. So police it yourselves as well. Don't let somebody step out of line. Don't let somebody upset the apple cart. It's like the old bad apple. There's a bad apple. Sort it out. And if you don't sort out, then eventually I will have to basically get rid of him. Uh, simple as that. So it's it's like Gordon said. There's a lot of things going on, and, and reading between the lines of what you see, the the transfer stuff didn't help. Then a lot of things in press, and as it it does seem for me, looking at it, like Gordon said, mm. that they are trying to basically hang himself as such to that eventually he goes right Make enough's enough I'm, I'm, I've had enough I'm, I'm leaving so that that's what, what I think John if you've got a third point can we make it quite quick Roger how you doing Charlie Fair they were doing last night and he, and he was talking about Stephen Gerrard as you go to us I watched the interview on Rangers TV today and Stephen Gerrard held, held his hands up I've watched two games in 18 held his hands up for the for the for the, the, uh, the, the team he picked in, in Sunday against Livingston and he, he said he spoke to a few players individually, and that's what he's done, and then we move on. I think a lot of Rangers fans have got to forget we were there. We've lost two games in 18, two in 18, and we've got guys like Charlie last night, what they call him for Stephen Gerrard's head, but I know where he was coming from, as he bulletproof. Come on, we're, we're seven games into the season, but to me, I was there a lot of thousands and thousands doing it to break-ins, Peter Heads and all the rest of it. Give the guy a chance, eh? When, but I say I like I like to thank him for his honesty today. Put his hands up, played the ranked team, spoke to a few players individually, and, and we move on to Thursday night. Yeah, and we move on to Sunday. And listen, it's a results-driven business. If Stephen Gerrard keeps losing away games one 0 he'll be under pressure. But if he can get through, you know, if every eighteen games he only loses a couple, then it's progress for Rangers. The European progress this season has been terrific. You know, a year after progress near a corn, whatever happens in this Europa League group for Rangers, they'll have played 14, a minimum of 14 European games, which is terrific for Rangers, ter- terrific for the the evolution of this Stephen Gerrard team. But I don't need to tell you, John, it's a results-driven business. What's all this stuff I see on social media today, Gary? Declan Gallagher, your player on, uh, basically d- d- defending his part in the scenes at the end of the game. He says that the Rangers players refuse to shake his hands. Are you aware of... What's going on at that moment? Are you just happy to get the points and get up the tunnel? Aye, look, like, we spoke about it after the game, a wee bit of handbags, and that's what it is. Um, I think we're all grown men at the end of the day, and whether you shake hands, don't shake hands, I'm not that fussed, to be honest, but it's probably a storm in a teacup, as usual, and it's blown out of proportion. Um, look, there's, not, there's nothing worse. See, see if you're trying your best against somebody and you lose a game, Last thing you might do is shake your hand sometimes and then I uh, be a wee bit condescending. So I understand the heat of the moment, it might not have been appropriate 
Or whatever. Me personally, I shook everyone. I shake everyone's hands. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, but it's not everyone's cup of tea, so I don't see a big deal in it. All right. Thanks to John and Parkhead. It's 0141-951-1025 on the phones, Twitter. It's at Clyde SSB. When we asked you the questions, Gary, the, the sort of getting to know you segment, you mentioned um, when I, when I asked you about things that we may not know. You said, well, you know, my my, my past, my past in the army is well documented. I suppose the reason it's well documented is because it's. It's a bit different not, not many footballers Have taken that route Into the professional game How do you Sort of Look back on that time And, and perhaps how it shaped The, the manager the, the man that you are Today uh, Very much so I think the discipline side of it um, Is instilled in you In the very early days In the army I, I wouldn't say I'm a disciplinarian as such But I, I do have my little My little things that I like And um, And I stick by them I stand by them I think my, my work ethic as well uh, Is there to to be seen um, and, I, and I'm Probably honesty I, I like to be honest And I, I've always been honest From day one Wherever I've been And I always say If you want If you want an answer To a question And you don't want The honest answer Don't come and see me Because you might not Like what you hear If you want to be told The truth I'll tell you the truth um, And I think that's the way it is I, I like to be told The truth as well Because Don't get me wrong I don't I don't always pick The right decisions And make the right decisions So you like to, to hear it What's right and what's wrong Rather than just someone telling you What all fluffy clouds What's the time frame there then When when do you join the army How does the move to Being a professional footballer Come about um, Well I joined at 16 And I left Just before my 22nd birthday So not Well It was about Five and a half years I was in the army So um, I just joined and Played football regularly And then went to my regiment And we were fortunate We had a, a very good regimental side To be honest um, A few went pro um, a few kind of ex-pros had went, joined up in the army as well So we lost one game in five years As a regiment um, We won the army cup five years Did you play row. 12 players or was it 11 <laughs> ah, We just cheated We cheated um, I'm not going to live that one down for a long time um, No, it was, uh, we, we were a good side We were a really good side We were well drilled It was you probably say professional Because we trained two hours a day Every day uh, Eight till ten um, played on a Wednesday Then we went away And played on a Friday With the combined army team In Germany And then I played semi-pro On a weekend as well So I played three games a week That, that army sounds a good gig um, Don't get me wrong I had to make up the hours So I was in the, in the kitchen For half four in the morning Then I went training Then I came back Did my shift And then at nights Did some extra cause To make up the hours So um, They certainly get Their money's worth it yeah. You've got our old pal Hugh Keevans To thank for this Because I mentioned to him Yesterday you were coming On the show And Hugh said "Oh, I did an interview With Gary about this You know years ago Dig it out Have a look at it And the quote That sort of jumped out At me from, from that interview It says that you went From a 16 year old Mummy's boy To a 21 year old Who was more than a man Is that what it was all about Sort of thrown in At the deep end And it, and it, it made you Grow up very quickly Oh it was a Massive eye opener I, I wanted to be a chef from a young age Yes I wanted to play football but I was tiny at 16 And at that point I was told I wouldn't be good enough um, They don't have this luxury back then as, as they do now uh, To look after players and give them a longevity um, Went to the army to be a chef Thinking well we'll get all the qualification That No one told me about the army side of it And that was the biggest wake up call So I went like I said hardly leaving the house Getting everything done for you at home uh, you're washing your iron and your dinner made um, To suddenly some Big scary bearded sergeant Standing over you at 5 o'clock in the morning Making you shave as a 16 year old I didn't need to shave till I was 21 <laughs> I had to shave every day, twice a day I'd 
bits of tissue all over my face and <laughs> it was scary. It really was scary, but it did uh, it made you grow up very quick and I probably came back as a, a 21 year old old man basically. And I mean there was a time when you wanted to leave. You're on the phone to your mum, get me out of here and she says, "Nope, don't think so." I was it was quite uh the first month was was the toughest and I hated it. I hated it and I, I'm no shy enough to say that I cried at bedtime some some nights being away at 16 it was it was horrible. Um but at that time under, when you're under 18 you needed your parents permission to sign you out in the first so many months you can get out and uh, she said no you chose to go <laughs> so stick it and, and make it worth it if it wasn't more than just homesickness then she'd say aye but she said you're homesick you've never been away to deal with it. tough love I don't oh, mind that that's the way I like to treat Gordon DL on this show <laughs> yeah. but a tough love Jack is in Castle Milk hi Jack hello Jack I think Jack's got us on hold or mm. something he's just Going about his nightly business. Hi, can you hear me? Oh, I've got you now, Jack. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry, Gary, how, how you doing? Hi, not too bad. Gary, um, I just want to um, throw a couple of names by you. Uh, see, I wonder why these were never put in your uh, best five. Uh, you got Scouse and Roll, Scouse Mayors, Andy Taylor, uh, Titch Taylor. Who, are they names that ring a bell? Hey, what's going on? Are these people I should know? Scouse Monroe was probably one of the best coaches I ever had. Right, he was my army coach, my regimental oh, coach. Um, okay, and I, he would certainly, if it was an army team, he would certainly be the one. Andy Taylor would be the goalkeeper. Um, yeah. He was called Nugget. I like his <laughs> okay. deduce from that. Um, but Scouse Monroe was phenomenal. Jack. And I basically took his place. He brought me to the regiment to take his place, and he, he took on the manager managerial role. Jack, how do you know this? Uh, um, I joined uh, two engineer regiment. Uh, in 1993 ah. and as Gary said uh, the regiment regiment's football team was amazing um, unfortunately I could never get a game uh, <laughs> I, I managed to get about four or five games as a sub uh, but I used to I used to train uh, with Gary for a, for a short while before um, he left to go to uh, that other team uh, in Glasgow um, and, and then carried on his professional career I just want to come on, say hello, and say say well done uh, on a on a great career, guys. Cheers! Uh, it's great. It's brilliant to see one of the boys do really well, and uh, I have been watching you from a distance. Not on a stalker, way, don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from an appropriate distance, Jack, you've been watching. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just great to see one of the boys do well, and uh, I just want to say thanks uh, and well done. Uh, Obviously, apart from the result on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of this show. Look at that, Gordon. We're, we're reuniting old friends. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely, I'm happy brilliant. with that. Great well stuff. Done, Jack. Uh, Livingston manager Gary Holtz with us. Still time to get your thoughts, uh, questions into him. 1025 We've not really given the teaser much attention. Martin Burns sent it in, which ten non-Scots have played for Aberdeen and scored in the English Premier League. Uh, well, a special guest has been giving it some attention, Gordon. I've, I've oh, got has he now? Here. No, I give one name. Right. Who is it? Which was? Dean Windass. Oh, I had Tim. Correct. Mike Whelan. Blackburn. <laughs> Mike Newell. Newell! <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm looking at my list there going, sorry. <laughs> what yes. about Wilson that's uh, loaned from Man News? He's scored in the Premier League. He has. James Wilson. That's probably where this question came from, really, isn't it? The inspiration yeah, for it. I'm struggling now. So, Windass, Wilson, Whelan, Newell. You've mm. got four of ten. Roger. One Roger. Sonny Aluko. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Roger's got about 28 names Hurry up Roger We're short on well, time The only other one I could think of At a minute Craig Hignett Yes 
Right. One, two, three, five. So you're halfway there? No. Well, if we don't six, 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 five aside team. Exactly. We'll get the answers to the teaser next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. To the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Roger Hanna and Gordon DL. Gary Holt is here as well, the Livingston manager. And I must say, he's. he's yeah, Gary Holt's coming in every Tuesday night to do a full time teaser. Gary Holt is. He's, what a performance on the full time <laughs> teaser. We're looking for the 10 non Scots who've played for Aberdeen and scored in the English Premier League as per sent in by Martin Burns. So we've got. Um, Sonia Luco, Noel Whelan, James Wilson, Craig Hignett, Mike Newell, Dean Windass. Gary's come up with two crackers Beautiful. during the break. Go for it. James Madison. Easy for you, to be fair. You've got the vested interest there, the Norwich connection. So, ah, but you've got to know just plucked it there, I had to think. Yeah, you've got to know it. James Madison. And Willow Flood. Different class. But explain why Willow Flood. Because uh, he actually scored his own, uh, probably his only Premier League goal for Man City against Norwich, and I played. There we go. Oh, oh we drew one each. So. What about the lad? The lad who scored the winner against Celtic the other year, Simon Church. No, no. You've oh, got two to get as well. Patterline and a Bolton. Yes. Oh, different class. You've only got one to get. Um, I would have put everything I own on this being the last one. It's by a mile the hardest. It's not Leon Mike. No, it's by an absolute mile the oh, hardest. No, this one. Get this. No. Alright, okay Ian is from Larbert He's a Falkirk fan Maybe a point specifically for Gary Holt Hi Ian Hi there, good evening gentlemen Hi uh, Ian it's, it's, it's for Gary um, What has been your best manager's job Gary? <laughs> Talk about putting on the spot <laughs> um, the, the one I'm in at the moment Because that's the one I'm doing Had to say that Ian, didn't he really? Uh, well I suppose so <laughs> <laughs> um, If you had your time again what would you do different about your time with Falkirk? Eh, uh, nothing, nothing. I, I, everything I did was to the best of my ability. So I would, I was more than happy with how things were and how things were planning out. So, I we we could have probably if we'd won the playoffs, we'd have been the, the cherry and the, mm-hmm. the top of the cake, as they say. But I wouldn't have changed anything. It was a phenomenal time for me, and I spoke about it today. We I was over at Falkirk today. We had a. Uh, behind closed doors game and met one of the directors and that and sat and spoke about the time when I left and if it wasn't Norwich or a club of stature I probably wouldn't have left and and it, I've said that before and we sat today it was just the fact the pool of Norwich City for me it's where my three youngest were all born and grew up and it's their home and uh, that that massive pool for me was was too much to turn down Ian well, that that was actually my third question, which was, would you have stayed at Falkirk if Norwich hadn't come calling? And you've obviously answered that. Oh, listen, that, that's just... He, not only has he come on up with the answers to the teasers, mm-hmm. uh, Ian, he's answering your questions before you've even asked them. So you, you can't ask for more than that. Thank you to Ian, uh, Falkirk fan from Lab. I suppose on that, though, um, Gary, you, know, you, you take the decision, like you say, it's Norwich, you, you couldn't turn it down. It's a club that you love, an area that meant a lot to you as well. So... You go down there, and then it's quite a few years that, that obviously pass before you get the Livingston job. What's that like with this m- mad managerial world that we live in? Does there become a point where you're, you know, you're worried that you've missed an opportunity or that you don't get the chance again? Or are you the type that's always sort of patient and and hopeful that something else comes around? Um, I've spoke about it recently. Um, I, to be fair, it was more my my family took the conscious decision for me. They didn't want me jumping straight back in. They wanted to spend time. Wanted dad to be about Do the school runs Do the things like that So It was a conscious decision Not to take a job straight away 
uh, finish my pro license, go and watch games, uh, spend time with the kids, which was brilliant. Um, did I expect to work sooner? Yes, I did. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I applied for jobs. Um, was close on a couple of occasions um, to, th- to a couple, uh, but it's hard. It's hard getting no replies for clubs when you apply, and then you see people getting a job, and you're thinking, I know I'm better. I believe mm-hmm. I'm better, uh, and you don't even get a reply. You don't even get a chance to speak to them. That's that's the kind of the horrible side of the football that no one sees. You Are just, you able to name names? No. Didn't think you would. Well, I there's a bit, luck. well for about the last six months, I applied for every job going. Because um, I got, felt like I need to it start. It was time. Aye, it was time. Um, so it's it, it, that side of it's it's not nice. And don't get me wrong, I, I do try to reply to everyone that, that contacts me and, and stuff. At times you forget. Um, but I do think when you apply for a job or something like that, in this day and age with the amount of stuff how easy it is to reply to somebody mm. <laughs> copy and paste thanks but no thanks when they take two seconds so um, just to acknowledge that they actually received your CV and are, are willing to look at it rather and, and don't get me wrong we're not stupid enough in this this room to think that some jobs are already marked for certain certain people so you know you're applying just for the sake of applying but um I, 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 like I said, I'm an honest, truthful man, so I'm a big boy. So if somebody says no, I, you know, got no chance. You can handle. It. Aye, yeah. fair enough. That's fine, but at least tell you so you know. Then put it to bed, move on, try and get something else. We've got time to squeeze one more in. Davy is in the city centre. Hi, Davy. Hi, guys. How you doing? Not bad. What's your point tonight? Uh, evening, Gary. Evening. Now you won't recognise this voice, but you might recognise some of the stories I've got for you. Oh I used to be a DJ in one of our local nightclubs in Kilmarnock. <laughs> Where is this going? Uh, don't worry, it's, it's clean, don't worry. Uh, and we used to entertain the Kilmarnock team, and I also befriended your young brother David. has been in your house plenty of times. Yes, Same indeed. As well, years yeah. ago. Uh, I don't know if you remember the fat belly and the hairy legs, but that, 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 was, that was me. Aye, I do indeed. Also, we were there when you get your first cap for Scotland as well. We came over to Ireland when you were playing the Public Ireland. Aye. Myself, your young brother David, our partners at the time. And just wanted to say, we followed you all the way down to Norwich as well, because it's my dad's local team, and I've never been happier for a, a good Scots boy to do well. So well done, mate. Well done Cheers thanks Is that, that a proud moment When the first of uh, 10 caps wasn't it Aye yeah, see, I've been doing my research um, when, the, when the first one When the first one comes I take it that's a, a huge moment for you oh, Don't get me wrong right uh, I grew up supporting My local team And, and my dream was to play with Kamala. That was it That was my dream mm-hmm. It wasn't to play for Scotland It was not It was to play with Kamala, And I managed to do that And then To get to play with Scotland It was like I, I get two dreams And it, Some people don't get in a lifetime So It was Special and look, don't get me wrong. I don't ever perceive myself as the best footballer in the world, or did I deserve ten caps or that? But I got ten caps, and it was through just sheer hard work and endeavour to get it. So I'm over the moon. I got ten. Did I ever think I'd get ten? No. Did I ever think I'd get play quant? No. But I managed to do it through just sheer hard mm. work and determination. Just because we're running out of time, let's bring it right up to the present day. Then that sheer hard work and determination sees you doing a pretty good job at Livingston at the moment. Um, obviously an excellent one at the weekend Some impressive results leading up to that What's the what's the aim? What's the ambition? Because I heard you at the weekend saying You know the priority is still to stay It's just to stay in the division You can understand why people like us though Are looking at the, the league table at the moment And thinking You could maybe set your sights a bit higher No but it's it's like that the, One of the callers there talking about Gerard We're seven games in and Early days It's very early days And we, we know where we want to be And we we only take and focus on each every individual game. Simple as that. And and we're focusing on Motherwell this Saturday. Um, the Rangers one's done. We've put it to bed. We're, we're analysing, looking at, training towards Motherwell. 
we'll try and get win the game put it to bed and that's what all we can do because if you start looking down the line and saying well we could end up here we could end up there we, we'll fall flat mm-hmm. in our face so we focus on the next game simple as that try and win it as best of our ability put it to bed and we move on What's the secret behind this team then? Because just over two years ago you know the, 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 a, major, a, a big part of the squad's playing in League 1 and now they're not only in the top flight but doing ever so well in that division A desire, a hunger a willingness to, to put their bodies in the line to push themselves beyond the limits that you're, you're meant to supposedly because uh, they're tired <laughs> they're tired minds they're tired legs but they're prepared to push beyond that and that's that's a testament to the staff as well the, the Davy and the the backroom team uh, are phenomenal in what they do and what they provide for the lads. So um, it's just, as I said, you put the effort in, you'll get your rewards, uh, and that's what we're getting. I'm a bit disappointed that we've run out of time for the question of the night from John on Twitter. It says, Gary, is DL's nose as big in real life? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we've got time to answer that. No, you can do it in one word. It fits his face. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky you're in there <laughs> uh, Good answer Right let's try and round off Tonight's teaser then So Martin Burns sent it in And remember if you've got a good question Please fire it over to us Full time At Clyde1.com Which 10 non-Scots Have played for Aberdeen And scored in the English Premier League Sonia Luko Willie Flood Craig Hignett I said Willie Flood I didn't know Willow Flood Craig Hignett James Madison Mike Newell Mixu Patalainen Noel Whelan James Wilson Dean Windass I promised you this one was a stinker and I meant it You got it Roger Because I have no idea No idea What about you Gary? No I gave you the Two oh, hard ones anyway You've done really well mm-hmm. I think Roger's got it He's doing my, that thing My last guess Nichols Gift to Nichols My last, last guess is Lee Richardson No No Oh Blackburn No The teams that he, um, This guy played for Aberdeen under Craig Brown So that That, that period Oh brings it up to date A wee bit yeah, Right okay um, I can't remember what well, Derby County Would have been his Goal, honestly, this is this is murder. Uh-huh. It's so hard that if you get it, I think you're cheating. Basically, is he a fullback? Honestly, no. I cannot remember. I think I, th- I think he was <laughs> he a defender. Scored for Derby in the Premier League and played with Aberdeen in the 2011-12 season. Nationality yeah. French. Uh, Jean Pierre. No, Papin. <laughs> French defender. Derby He's not a defender like. I think he was a defender He doesn't he, even know he, No he played for Preston And some others Before Aberdeen But Derby would have been Where his, his he, goal came Johan Foley No I thought you had it there Johan Try to think the guys That he brought up Zoko No oh. I'm going to have to tell you Because we're out of time Go for it Yal Maweni Ugh, I've never heard him <laughs> Shakes the head all round Thank you Big very much To Gary Holt For joining us on tonight's show Thanks as always to Roger and Gordon And stay where you are Because Callum Gallagher is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com